Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Hank Vogler, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. You know, some days when you go saddle your mule, she's just got an extra little snort about her. You can tell she's just a little more wired than normal. For some reason, when I put the halter on Hank Vogler this morning from north of Spring Valley, Nevada, it seems as though the ears were pricked to have a little more fire than normal. I don't know what what's going on with that, but that's just my observation. <laughs> well, by golly, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm sick up to my eyeballs. I am so I'm at the at wit's end, so to speak. You got that coronavirus, do you? Is that what you got going on there? No, 61 million people got H1N1, and we've only had, what, 4 million people uh, get the coronies. But it'll be over November 4th. Just forget that crap. It's it's, it's just yeah. around the corner. I don't think no you should talk what. about forgetting things and the election all in the same sentence. <laughs> uh, Bidenitis, huh? Bidenitis. I think that's a good term. <laughs> I'm just madder than Jesse Jackson being asked to swing, sing I'm, dr- I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. <laughs> Wait a minute. He might be madder if he was asked to swing. I was trying to imitate Mr. Biden. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a million acres in, on fire in California. 1.4 to be exact. Okay, you can miss a chicken by five pounds. It doesn't matter, but yeah. it's nuts. Now let's take let's let's take a little little nostalgia trip where I grew up. I grew up on the edge of the Eastern Oregon Desert. Everything north of town and west of town was ponderosa pine. Uh, probably a thousand people probably worked at that mill, and uh, it made probably another four thousand jobs or whatever in this two communities, Burns and Hines. And then the rest of the valley, the desert part, was livestock. There was some grain being raised, all of those kind of things. Was it a perfect world? Absolutely not. Well, then somebody said, you know what? We ought to, we ought to restrict all of these things. We ought, to, we ought to start jerking them around. We could find something. I guess. I have no idea. You know, there, there's always be mistakes being made. But we do pendulum swing. We go, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. So let's. Stop logging. Let's stop grazing livestock. Let's put all these restrictions out there. And let's just go after it and see what happens. And we made a mistake. That pendulum should at least swing back to the middle. But, oh, no, we can't do that. We just write that word environment out there. And Republican, Democrat, Independent, or any of them, you just say the environment and you can't adjust anything. You can't do anything because somebody will scream to high heavens and the news will print it that, by God, are you for dirty air? Are you for dirty water? Are you for smoke and smog and, and bad lungs on people? You can't do anything with the environment. And there's an entire cottage industry that's grown up. And now, 50, 60 years later, we put out the fires. We stopped the logging. We stopped the grazing, and we got million point four, one million point four burning now. And in the driest year ever in the West that I can remember, and it's big an area, and they can't even begin to put them out, and they won't. 
and they're spending gazillions of dollars where they used to charge people to use those things. California had goats, sheep, all kinds of things. But oh, no, 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 no. And now here's the coup de grass. There is coup de grass. <laughs> well, go ahead. I, I don't want to know what. Something. I don't want to know what. I, that. I, 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 I was going to say something quite yeah. different. All right. <laughs> creme de la creme, I, coup de grass. Go ahead. Coup de grass. That would be je ne sais quoi. Francais, parlez-vous français, senor? A little mixing of English or Spanish and French, senor. But anyhow, um, there is a bill that is being presented by somebody that all four service lands will be shut down to recreational shooting, hunting, and fishing. Now, does anybody want to get on board on that and, and start yelling and screaming at the top of your voice? Because that's the that's the ultimate stuff everybody into the cities. You know, somehow if you control agriculture, gee, we're down to a half a percent, uh, you can control a country. Look what happened when when they started making coronies. They emptied out the stores, told everybody to stay home. So we already have the lemming mentality down pat. So I, that's it. The, the control, the complete control Control the food you control the country. Okay, I'll take a breath. So I went um, a good two months without reaching out or having any communication with Sonny Purdue. And last week that changed with the whole Doratio Iowa situation because we just needed somebody in the White House to, to acknowledge that these farmers in Iowa, 13 million acres strong, are having an issue. So I did reach out, and indirectly what I've learned is that as many frustrations as Sonny has dealt with as Secretary of Agriculture for now coming on four years, the one that he feels like he's lost complete control of, he didn't tell me this personally, I'm just telling you I got this indirectly, Forest Service, and cannot get done what he wants to get done. Why is that bureaucracy, Hank? You need to explain why... This is so steeped in anti-management of the resource. Why can't the guy who's in charge get it fixed? Again, it's that pendulum swing. It started out, the Forest Service was pro-logging. At one time, it was against the law to put livestock in the forest. And then they had some huge fires and other things that happened. All Most of the Forest Service was originally set up because... Large companies were trying to get a hold of huge tracts of timber, mm-hmm. obviously, to harvest timber. Now, were those companies all perfect? Uh, were they all going to just clear-cut everything to the ground and let it go away? Did they have some silviculture behind them? All of these things. So they started the Forest Service, and the original mandate of the Forest Service was to provide cheap lumber for the cities and water for agriculture. Over the years, it evolved, you know, people started, uh, they didn't like the way they cut Doug Fir. Well, Doug Fir has always responded, I guess, to fire over the millenniums. And if you burn an area off or and or log it off and then replant it, it has a chance to get ahead of the brush because most of the Doug Fir grows on the western side of Oregon and California and Washington where the, there's higher rainfall areas, and so the brush takes over. The dug fir can't compete when it's young. 
So it's always been a clear-cut forest. Well, they got after that. That was going to make the salmon all die because they were going to get sand in their gills when they came up to spawn. Well, I wonder if they'll get any ash in their gills when they come up to spawn now. So it's just so that pendulum swung away. You know, they they demonized logging. And, of course, uh, the, the fake news at that time, you know, well, this was a great story, you know, these these uh, uh, people were standing up, strapping themselves in trees, doing all these things to save Mother Nature. Well, Mother Nature is about as cranky a gal as you ever met. Probably we'll have to make her gender neutral. But anyhow. No, Mother, Mother Nature, Nature is a female, period. Yes, uh, period. Okay. But anyhow. No pun intended, period. Up. No, burn, it burns up. Uh, it it uh, does things that whether you like it or not, all these valley floors around here were all developed by stuff coming off the tops of mountains, usually probably after a fire or something of that nature, you know. And we went away from silviculture. We went away from agriculture because mm-hmm. a forest is no different than a wheat field. It just it just takes longer for it to come to fruition, to to be harvested, whatever. And and we've come up with management tools. And, and, and different ways to, to make more boards out of a log, do all these kind of things. We've come a long way, but we can't do those things because of all the environmental rules and regulations. And if you're in private enterprise, five, six, seven years is too long to get the paperwork done. Same way with a mine. There's a mine over by Wendover, Nevada, that has a tremendous amount of gold. And they're already changing their whole program to expand that mine, which will put people to work. It's in a desert area, yes. It's close to the freeway, yes. But it also produces a mineral that it represents new wealth, brand yeah, new well, money. Well, we'll shut that down because we can't have that. we got to take a break. Hank Vogler, I'm Trent Loose. More Rural Route right after this. Well, we did some jockeying with our Piedmontese bulls this weekend. We have all cows now artificially inseminated. We do have Piedmontese bulls out with a cleanup. Our contract will stand that we will get $300 over market price for these calves plus 20% ghost calves. If you want more details about that, and by the way, the base is the, the regional average steers and heifers, same price. Folks, when we talk about getting closer to the consumer's food dollar, the certified Piedmontese system put forth by Lone Creek Cattle Company gets it done. Marlon Will has full details. Contact Marlon. LoneCreekCattleCo.com is the place to find him. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler checking in from White Pine County, Nevada, as he does every single Monday, no matter how much it has not rained or how hot the fire is. Um, where was I going to go with that? I mean, this well, n- new mine it, and gold and, and Wendover, how, how much gold is still in the West? It's a silver uh, state, uh, I thought, not I, a gold state. The reason nobody digs the gold up or the silver up is evidently that mineral also is in most of that gold area. And so when they float off the different, uh, uh, gold, their silver is kind of a byproduct almost. So there's lots of silver too. And, uh, the price of silver has to get up enough to where, you know, there's silver mines. There's one right there by by Ely that uh, is, I guess, pretty good silver, but this, it's not cost effective to go after it. And, of course, it's not going to rot in the ground. So the people that have it yeah. are waiting for silver prices to recoup. 
So, Hank, here's the real deal. The real deal is that suddenly now we have the Paradise Fire, which I, I think Bob Golden told me earlier today killed 80 people, and that was what two years ago. Uh, you've had. I remember the first million acre fire that we're talking about in Elko County, Nevada. All of a sudden, people are deciding that hey, maybe this resource is a problem. But I assure you that, and you know this as well as I do. That if we don't get more aggressive in explaining how we got to this point, the media and the liberals and the politicians are going to always just say this is climate change. This is what happens with climate change. It's not climate change. It's lack of management of the resource. We predicted this. We saw this coming because you continue to leave these fuels out there. It's our small community that talks about this. But how do we get outside of the circle of the people who understand resource management and let them know that, yeah, maybe the climate is always changing, but this could have been avoided. It could not be avoided, but it could have been tempered. It could be it avoided be that 1.4 million acres is going to burn. All right. When a lightning Number strike hits in a wilderness area, you can get to it and put it out. I experienced this in Grant County. I, I was up there and I saw where they could have put the fire out before it burned the entire place down, but they, they didn't do it. Well, all of these things need to be addressed. But right now, politicians don't have any trouble getting money for a fire because it's big business, big, huge, huge, huge business. I mean, all the the, the aerial circus, everything that's going on, and no community wants to say anything because when two or 3,000 people show up to fight that fire in a community, it's like the circus coming to town. I, every business in town benefits from it. So you really, uh, you know, oh well, fire are not fires are not all created equal. They should in in the spring when the ground is wet and the humidity drops in the afternoon, they should be burning out canyons. Oh, can't do that. It's sagebrush habitat. Sorry, boys and girls, I've never seen a sage uh, chicken in the top of a sagebush that's twenty feet tall and thicker than hair on a dog's back. They like the little tiny bushes. In fact, when they are walking around in a field in, at daylight in the morning, you see those little bushes move. They look almost exactly like the sagebrush that they're eating the ants and the different things off in the summertime when they have chicks. And as soon as the sun comes up, they fly back in the brush and roost till evening, and then they come right back. I mean, we're doing everything backwards just in the name of let's not do any research. Let's not find out if hydroxychloroquine will do anything about the coronies. Let's not do anything new. Let's just continue to throw money at it because everybody's scared. Scare the people, you get the money. Everybody, you know, everybody, the firefighters are, are all brave people, yes, and they're all making pickup payments uh, watching the fire burn. And they, they, they're smart enough, most of them, to know you can't go running in there or you die. So they kind of peck around the edges of it, and yes, they try and keep it away from homes. If it's burning in Los Angeles, let's put it out, yes. But then let's come back in there in those open areas, and let's clean that crap up with common sense. You, you can take an out here in this country. Uh, I burn my fields all the time. The grass comes back tenfold. It doesn't kill all the brush. It doesn't even scald the ground. Why? Because the ground's wet. It's done in the spring or after some real hard rains in the fall, if that ever happens again. You know, it'll be back one of these days and then go in there and and the fire doesn't go anywhere. It's, it gets cold at night. The fire goes out. Uh, it might burn a, a 
thousand acres, but a thousand acres in it makes fire breaks. Will it prevent all fire? No, it won't all turn to cheatgrass because it doesn't kill the native plants. But you know, Indian summer. You know what Indian summer is? It's right now through September and October when the woods were on fire. Natives set them on fire, or they were burning brush. The woods were full of smoke. Well, now yeah, smoke is killing everybody. It's got carbon dioxide release. All these things are just, you know, there's an excuse not to do nothing except give us lots of money, and we'll figure it out in another 30 or 40 years. Have a nice day. I'll be retired by then. Da, 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 da. That's what we're doing. Follow the money. It has nothing to do with science. I saw Newsom, the governor of California, last week even talk about taxing people who leave California. How does he do that? <laughs> I can't wait for that one. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He said he, he said he was going to pile taxes on people that leave California. Yep, for 10 years. To pay taxes, and I, I think that God love him, they're prorated on the tenth year you pay less. <laughs> hey, I want to tell you what Sherman County, Nebraska, has got what population of three thousand. We live right in the middle of Nebraska, two hundred and twenty miles west of Omaha. Guess where our largest migration of folks have come from in the last twelve months? We have people California. moving. Yeah, we have people moving into Loop City, Nebraska. Yeah, and guess what? They'll bring their politics with them. Look what they have done to the state of Nevada. Um, I think they're. I think there's other things they're bringing with them that are bigger problem than their politics. But that is beside the point. But again, you know the, the and the and here's the deal. I think they it's, bring their own economic development system, Hank. That's what I'm trying to say. Ah, okay. Well, it's the migration city, the migration out of the city. But when you now, this is not rocket science. If you can work at home on your computer in the garage, or or have a, another room you can work in, versus uh, driving into Portland, Oregon, every morning to go downtown Portland. Well, there's a thrill. Uh, Seattle, Chicago, <laughs> New York. You know, do you think those businesses are going to come back in the no same way. dimension that they? No, they're not going to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I I am told there's uh, I have not seen this, but I'm told there's one individual in my town that owns some houses, and he is literally advertising on the internet for cheap housing in Nebraska if you want to leave California. <laughs> well, well, anything in Nebraska's reasonable price compared to what you've been dealing with in California. And here's the one thing that I keep coming back to is that. You know as well as I do that there are many wonderful people that understand resource management, that understand making your own way in California, and they get drowned out by all of these whack jobs. We need to just help give them a better voice. That's what we need to do. There's a movement to break California up into five states. Uh, you know, you get very State far of Jefferson? Out of the, uh, that, well, the Jefferson includes part of Oregon, I think. Right, it does. So... Again, these things are uh, uh, whatever the topography. You know, Washington and Oregon were supposed to be split at the Cascades, and they thought it would cost too much money to survey the line. Uh, Eastern Oregon and Eastern Washington were supposed to be Washington, and uh, they used the easy one, the Columbia River, and a uh, little latitude. Uh, 
for the bottom of it and the Snake River for part of it. They, they, you know, they it was a lot easier to use that as a as a marker, and so they didn't do it. So th- th- that's an interesting thing you've brought up because I can speak very well to the Great Plains, including Colorado. Uh, the the thought process is so different on the eastern side of states than the western side of states. Why do you reckon that is? Well, that was where the migration started from east to west, and the population uh-huh. did the same thing. So Omaha and Lincoln and those places were probably more populated and had a larger voting center uh, than probably, uh, what, Scott's Bluff. Yeah, yeah, that's a true story. And, so, and again, the, this, the got more prior, too. You know, you had had more acres to make things work at the time. I mentioned Colorado and the thought process in Colorado is very different east to west. But you got that mountain. Mountains just really mess up people's thinking. That's the moral of the story. If there are mountains, you're going to have people that lose sight of uh, resource management. By the way, speaking of losing sight, oh my goodness, I just screwed up. Roll route, we've got the halfway through the journey. Now Hank's got me all lathered up like a mule on a runaway. More after this. Want to again quickly remind you about The Stand at Paxton County movie on Netflix, The Stand at Paxton County. I've been talking about this now since May 1st, since it came out on Netflix. Two friends, thank you for watching that this weekend. Um, Kathy, I'm not sure why you had the wrong idea about how the movie was going to go or how it comes together. I know that you don't miss a days of this uh, narrative explaining the stand at Paxton County and the challenge to animal ownership. But what matters is you watched it, you liked it, and uh, you understand the big picture. Let me know what you think after you watch the stand at Paxton County on Netflix. The challenge to animal ownership through the legal guise of justice. That's what it's about. Welcome back to Rural Route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler checking in North Spring Valley, Nevada. Is that, uh, how, how you got big rains, I'm sure, since we talked last week. <laughs> it sprinkled yesterday and it kind of, everybody just kind of was shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't figure out what the heck was going on <laughs> or something. I mean, and everybody's afraid, you know, hey. Boy, don't don't look up or it'll quit. And of course it did, but it rained for I don't know, oh, two minutes. <laughs> I mean, you're at a point where if you had like uh, twenty hundredths, two tenths of an inch, it'd be a big deal, right? Oh yeah, and and the ground is so bone dry, right? And, and everything in the atmosphere and the brush and everything is so dry. A half an inch of rain would absolutely within hours you wouldn't even know it rained it would they wouldn't it would barely settle at death so in reality how much would it take to to really make a difference right now if we had normal rainfall it would make us about 50 percent of normal i that would be my wild guess it may be worse than that uh springs are dried up uh it's just the brush looks dead it's just it's just very very i mean 36 years, sir, and I've never, ever seen it as absolutely just completely over 90 degrees day after day after day after day, maybe five, six days in in the valley that I live in, uh, in the summer, it'll get over 90 degrees. And now every day it's over 90 and we've had some hundred degree days. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's one of those years that there was a gentleman from McDermott that used to work 
for my grandfather's name was Hom Sam. My grandmother liked to hire folks of native or Indian, excuse me, Indian mm-hmm. heritage. And uh, Hom was kind of a shaman for the for his tribe. And they had uh, in their folklore uh, tales that at one time from McDermott, Nevada, they had to go to the Columbia or to the Snake River for water. So we've had dry times before, even though we didn't have, uh, you know, trucks and pickups and farm machinery. So yeah, think about that. Going from McDermott, Nevada, to Columbia River to get water, horseback. If you're lucky, no, no, they didn't. Ha- they, they didn't, didn't even have, have a horse. The, no, that was a hoof, hoof beat. And then you got to pack be a it. Closer to, yeah, it would be a little closer to the snake. See, I get, river. I get whiny. If I have to carry a five-gallon bucket a hundred feet of water, oh. and this would be like how many miles? This ballpark is. Oh gosh, it it, it darn sure to the Snake River if you went into Idaho, uh, easy over a hundred miles if you walked in a straight line. But then that mm-hmm. would be up and down over mountains. Yeah. So it'd be a pretty good little hike. Man. So. And and we think that we're creating all of these problems. That's what's most frustrating. Yeah. Well, because that's the easy, you know, that you don't have to use science, you use emotion. It's just like the fires. Right. You just, you know, we're fighting the beast. We're out there on the front line. And if you even say anything to criticize or or make any mention of why don't we do this right? Immediately you are absolutely ostracized. You are the bad guy of the week and you are horrible and 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 they'll beat you down to till you can't walk <laughs> just because you mentioned that you think some of this i mean yeah uh you you get a fire in white pine county probably been fired there for oh i don't know for a half a million years or more uh and it's out in the middle of nowhere and it's opening up the country for the wildlife for the sage in for the wild horses now that are just absolutely devastating the country one of my allotments that I'm supposed to go into this winter, which I will not be able to go into, you can walk the full length of that allotment from north to south, and it, I guarantee you, you will be standing on a road apple the entire way. All right, so I'm just sitting here thinking about just the last four weeks of you and I discussing things, okay? Life on the ranch. And one week, you got major uh H2A problems, Department of Labor problems. You cannot staff at the the number of people that you should have. And we could spend an entire discussion on that. And next week we talk about, and these were really, this is what really happened. The next week we talk about how not managing the horses correctly has eaten all of your feed that the Wild Horse and Burrow Act of 19, what, 71 says that you have access to because as the wild horse management areas are determined, you get X number of AUMs, they get X number of AUMs, they've grown, you get chased out. All right, so that challenge is ahead. Uh, beside all of that, you have the, the permitting process and how you have a, a, a big subdivision called Las Vegas trying to take your water resources away from you illegally and we talk about that for one week today we're talking about fire and how fire and is a, is a direct result of not managing properly and how this is creating an, an entire new challenge in taking care of things week after week hank 
we just walk through the day in and day out challenges of continuing to do what you say we do because we possess this mutant gene that tells us we don't know any better. Well, <laughs> and again, you know, the, anybody that had a normal brainwave would go, I ain't doing this no more, but you go, okay, how do I get around this one? How do I, how do I live with this one? How do I live with that one? By the by, uh, tomorrow at uh, about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, two boys are going to be at the Las Vegas airport from uh, El Mocillo that will have papers to go to work. And uh, I hope they will be successful. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, it's just it goes on and on and on. But, but you know, there's there's a, it's sort of like you get uh, thrown a bone once in a while and you go, okay, okay, I can do this. I, I spent a, a, probably an hour talking to a very dear friend who's uh, in the sheep business. Uh, uh, and uh, the, he's been offered a dollar twenty for his lambs. And uh, he asked me what I thought. And I told him, I said, only thing I know about this business is you need caller ID. And he goes, well, what do you mean caller ID? And I said, well... You need caller ID, so it gives you a few time, you know, hours or whatever minutes at least, to figure out how to do the tap dance to get through. You need to know uh, what the BLM's mad about, what the Forest Service is upset about, what the banker wants you to bring his doll, your dolls and dishes to town. Uh, you know, so you need caller ID. That's the right. only thing that'll save you, because <laughs> you can't help yourself. It's not up to you. You're going to stay in the business. Until somebody calls you up and says you better put in your application to be a janitor at a high school because mm. we're going to take your stuff. Well, wait, I, wait, wait a minute. You can't get paid there either because the high school superintendent didn't manage the funds properly because the revenue stream is not coming in to match what was supposed to be for logging and resource providers. So consequently, you can volunteer your efforts at the high school too. Probably, and and you can't get a job at a hall pack in a mine because they're trying to. One of the richest deposits in the state of Nevada has this. They've decided, you know, for the time being, they're going to find another approach to expanding the mine, even though it's put together. Uh, I don't know how oh, many oh, jobs. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Hey, I forgot one whole week. One whole week was there's no market for lambs. I mean, we talked about everything I just described, but one whole week was that we're, there's no market for lambs because one of the processors just got shut down because of a merger from the bigger processor we got five weeks in a row where we've identified problems we always used to send a lot uh, years ago if you got six cents eight cents for your older sheep that no longer could uh, survive on the desert you, you they went to either campbell soup or the navajo indian reservation then with trade agreements or whatever all of a sudden they started going to mexico and uh, Mexico doesn't have the same problem with eating uh, goats and, and lambs and things like that. Now, again, uh, lamb is cheap enough that our biggest export market right now is Mexico. Mm -hmm. And that's just based on the fact that the price has gone down. But again, I've said this 100 times. I'm going to say it 101 times. I do not need $2.50 a pound for my lambs. Right. I can get by very well on 50 cent lambs providing it cost me 40 per, 40 cents to produce them 
you have to make a profit. It's not up to you. You're living off the equity you've built in your ranch because there's people from California that want to escape and get out of California or New York or Chicago or any of these other cities. And, and so they want to move to the country. And so that's what, that's what allows you to go to the bank to stay in and hopefully this whole thing will subside to where you can make a profit. But the profit is based on cost plus. You've got to have a little money in there at the end of the day or you run out of equity in your properties. So yeah. that's what it all boils down to. Um, by the way, I happen to have an inside track on this year to date. We are 11 billion with a B in a trade deficit agriculturally with Mexico. And no matter how much pork and beef and lamb we're sending them, we are bringing vegetables up here left and right. It is a vegetable issue. Our vegetable growers in California and Florida cannot make it any longer. And they are, and, and by the way, I'm going to just unname one retail entity that people continue to flock to to buy their groceries and buy their cheap Chinese goods and they're causing the U.S. farmers to go broke in the vegetables, and it's just a sign of the times on what's coming across the board if they don't wake up and stop shopping at that store. One in three grocery dollars are spent at this store, Hank, and people keep going there. Costco? No, Walmart. Oh, Wally World? Yes. That includes Sam's, because that's a Walmart store. But we have $11 billion trade deficit with Mexico. Because they okay. are growing these hydroponically gr- produced vegetables, and they're and Walmart's buying them for nine strawberries. I'm talking strawberries. Walmart's buying them for nine dollars a carton. Meanwhile, okay. the Florida strawberry growers need thirteen to survive. So they're telling them, "Oh, sorry, we can get them cheaper." Wait a minute. You can say, "Wait a minute." Wait. When I come back with the final segment of Roll Route, it's about to be a team of runaway mules. More with Hank Hogar <laughs> after this. Now let's take a moment and talk about genomics. Neogen is the company that's shining a light on your genetic future. And what I mean by that is you can take an animal at birth, just send in a little tissue of that animal, and you will know what the genetic potential is of that animal as a parent, siring meat quality or siring daughters that are going to stay in the herd for a long period of time. It doesn't matter. If we can measure it, you can now look at the genomics and what alleles are present so that you eliminate that shotgun approach. Precision agriculture at its finest, Neogen making it happen in all forms of food animals, particularly the beef business is the newest frontier. That's what we do with our Piedmontese cattle and the myostatin gene. Why aren't you? Do- we do it with our boars, every single boar. I know what their what their potential for meat quality and growth and efficiency and all of those traits that we need in the food business. Neogen.com to shine a light on your genetic future. Welcome back to Roll Route, Trent Loose, alongside Hank Vogler, who just before the break said, wait a minute. All right, the minute's up. Go. Okay. They need $13. Why do they need $13? Because, because cost of the government cost them the too labor. much money. Yes, all the rules and regulations, everything that they have to go through that are not in place in Mexico. And, and so we have thousands and thousands of people crossing that border illegally, coming up here to work illegally in all the different industries because nobody... In the United States, right now, they gave them 
$1,500 a week not to work, which mm -hmm. for a lot of people in the lower end of the spectrum, it wouldn't cover their cost. They could make more money living on, on the, the check. Well, now that the check is not coming, because Nancy wants, what, $25 billion for the post office, which everybody went to email, so I guess their business is kind of off. But rather than uh, streamline, <laughs> they just throw more money at it. So, again, again, you, the whole dynamic, they don't need $13. They need $13 to, to compete against the $9. If the government would back those strawberry farmers with those people in California and everywhere else, in California, they're just trying to take their water mm -hmm. away to go to the cities. Right. So they can wash the human poop off the streets, I guess. Water the lawns. Whatever. Yeah. Living in the desert. So again, there yeah. are solutions. And, and if their break even price is $13, I guarantee you, if they got the, who do you think owns uh, or, or is incorporated in Mexico? I have a friend whose son-in-law was a lettuce farmer. In the Imperial Valley for years and years and years and carrots and all the things that they raised there. His company now is a large producer in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So again, that's a great question. Out. How many of those Mexican vegetable producers are American owned? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Well, and look at what happens in China. They people went there because there was a huge labor source there. Mm -hmm. Those people wanted something more you know look at when you come to the united states of america you're supposed to become an american citizen and pledge allegiance you become a basco american you become a swede american but or american swede or american basco everything that you did you came here now no did you start out as the president of general motors absolutely not you maybe started out as the janitor and which then makes you, you a better president by the way <laughs> you better believe it and then the next generation, they become uh, up. They they move up the food chain, and then they get a college education. Their kids get, a, and eventually, a generation or two down the line, somebody becomes president of General Motors. Do you think the guy that's the head of Ford Motor Company uh, was is a, an Indian? No, he's a, he his family came here at some point in time, and they worked their way up, and he got the job. But you don't come in on the boat from Romania or from Italy or from Ireland or anywhere else in the world and start out as a CEO of a company. Uh, the guy I buy groceries from now uh, came here with practically nothing. And now he has three or four grocery stores, a couple of liquor stores. His whole family's working. They're participating in the community. They're fine people. Well, that's the American that's the caveat. Come to America and you have a chance. Doesn't say that everybody's going to be equal. That's nuts. That's never happened. I believe it's even in the Old Testament that there were poor people. Well, in the Bible, I think everybody was literally poor, but they managed the resources they had, didn't they, Hank? Yes, and they survived and they lived. And and eventually, you know, I mean, let's, how far back do you want to go? Right. When, when you were hunter-gatherers, uh, Everything was based on trying to keep your belly button from banging into your backbone. So maybe your ceremonies were a little simple and maybe you didn't, you didn't get to take a Disneyland vacation. But as soon as we created agriculture, agriculture, 
we had more permanent settlements. And then we had more time to create languages, to write books, uh, to, to discover, use iron, uh, to do all of those things based on surplus production of agriculture. But I don't remember until the United States of America from about 1960 on that anybody said the the answer to all our problems is to destroy mother the goose that's laying the golden egg, i.e. agriculture, mm-hmm. silviculture, production of new wealth. Well, that's a brand new one. And how that resonates with anybody is beyond me. <laughs> Hey, let's, uh, I think it's not really a change, but it's going to appear to be a change in our topic here today. So over the weekend, I got in on a lot of scuttlebutt accidentally about, uh, NFR announcing that, uh, Vegas is not allowing them to come this December. There's people in the camp of saying just skip the national finals this year. But at the same time, Sioux Falls, um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Dallas and Fort Worth are chasing the NFR coming. If if Vegas actually lets us get away, they might be in trouble. Well, they're going to have they've got the Raiders here, uh, and the Raiders, the Raiders. are going to. It's it's a football team from California. Okay. The, this, I guess it's going to be the Las Vegas, or, but they've built this. The, I don't know how many gazillion dollar stadium, and they say the, they're not going to. Are you telling me the Raiders move from Oakland to Vegas? That's what I understand. There's, okay, you you, you and I are, are not individuals that should be talking about football because what well, the both of us know, we could put in the mind of a housefly. Well, and and after after taking a knee for anybody but God, I'm all done with all of the dirty buggers. Yeah, I got no use hockey. <laughs> hockey, they they say if you don't if you if you want to take a knee get the heck out of this <laughs> I, I mean yeah, yeah. so yeah, okay. they brought in they brought them in and they're going to play the first year with no audience well that's got to cost a lot of money i mean yeah I, and, okay the only thing i want to say about the whole professional athlete thing i think they've just nailed their own coffin oh yeah they I, don't realize yeah. that they get paid by people showing up and supporting them they get endorsements by people who actually, when you start disrespecting the very people who pay your way, you're done. You're done. There's no more professional athletes. And what did I see? A guy that got a brand new contract for $635 million and he's taking a knee because he's oppressed. Hey, you give me $635 million contract and I show yeah, you. Yeah, you two will, no, you two would take everything for granted if you had that big of a contract. You'd be completely I'd have disconnected. A big <laughs> you'd probably own all those feral horses and start managing them. That's what you'd do. You got it, mister. You yeah. got it. Uh, uh, yeah. So again, how, where's, you know, go ahead and explain that one to me, you know, and, and I'll bet you he'd have to go back several generations to find anybody that worked on, uh, Alabama farm. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but they're still in Libya to this day, black people being sold into slavery. Right. In, in, in Africa. So, you know, again, why are they all over here? There's lots of oppressed people in the world. But all these different groups, why aren't all these people over in China 
trying to help those people that are in the concentration camps? Why aren't there people, you know, the Chinese people? You want to see some migration. You just let all the people that want to leave China leave China. And poor old Jing Jinping, he wouldn't even have an army. They'd go too. Yeah. But when you have no other choice, what are you going to do? And and here you have freedom to do things, and then we have a government that wants to stop it all. And agriculture is the number one thing they want to stop. Now, if you think it's dumb for the NFL, ABC, and MBAs, and all those different acronyms, if you think it's dumb for them, how dumb can it be? If you, you eat. You, you. I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So we're going to well, destroy agriculture. Everything that they do is based on agriculture. The the equipment they use comes from animals. The turf that they have is comes from understanding management of the resource and grass. The entire the, entire first aid department, which they call whatever they call that, is based upon animal products. And everything that has been done has all been done because we've had surplus agricultural production exactly. to where we could have entertainment, where we could have vacations, where we could do all these things and we didn't have to get up in the morning and see if we could outsmart an antelope, outsmart uh, a giraffe or whatever you were hunting. <laughs> There's the moral of the story, it. Hank. We can't outsmart an antelope anymore, so we got to find another way. <laughs> chopped rocks. We're all going to eat chopped rocks. Well, that's why we want to eat soybeans in 42 different ways of tofu, because it can't avoid us as well as the antelope. <laughs> there you go. You just gave me but the cross the, the pond. <laughs> who, knows, who knows how to produce soybeans? American farmers. So we got to put so many restrictions on them that all the all – how many bean farmers are in Brazil that are from America? How many companies are down there? You know, JBS come up here. Uh, because they've whatever reason in the in the uh, hanging up of animals, but yeah. I'll bet you there's a lot of people in Brazil and Argentina that their roots are from America, and maybe you know whatever they could, you can hire a, a Brazilian cowboy for twenty dollars a month. So and we got to compete against uh, them. or a South I, African. You can get a South. Why don't you do more South African employees? Because they need to, they got troubles. They're being murdered left and right. I. What's the what's the channel? How do you do it? By the way, if you study what's been happening in South Africa, and then you transpose that on what's happened in the U.S. in the last three months, you might just go a little more than hmm. <laughs> it's a little too close to home for me. All right, profound statement to take us home. Well, the only thing I can say is never holler wool in a horse race. That'll do it. We've success. I thought sure we'd be riding a Shetland at the pass. We've journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Both Hank Vogler and myself remind you, all roads do lead to a rural route. Look, when it comes to getting paid better for as a farmer or a rancher, and if you're in the commodity business, it's going to be a struggle to generate the economies of scale. Now, we can fight this all we want, but the truth of the matter is that the consumers are going to continue to demand the lowest cost food possible, or they're going to demand a known quantity and then be willing to pay for it. Now, that's called a niche market, and I believe that uh, a very small percentage of us can fill that niche market, but you can partner with somebody that's in the business of doing it. That's exactly what we have done with our cattle and the certified Piedmontese system. 
I handled these bulls again this past weekend. I just can't tell you how much I enjoy working with these Piedmontese bulls. They're very docile. The calves come easy. The performance is good. And the paycheck is what we need. Details about your involvement in certified Piedmontese with Lone Creek Cattle Company on the web, LoneCreekCattleCo.com.